Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete here with Jordan. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. This is episode 19 called... Uh, dealing with doubt. Dealing with doubt. I almost forgot. You doubted your I memory. Doubted, exactly. But dealing with doubt. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, we should up- update everybody. We went on vacation. Yes, I know. We um, It was spontaneous, too. We kind of just yeah. were like, let's get out of Dodge. It's cold. Yeah. Um, we've always said in February, we need to go somewhere warm because we've always gone to the beach in the summer, which is great, and we'll always do that. Yeah. But you're escaping heat to go to heat. And so we're like, why would we go when the heat is desirable? So I, I've lived in Nashville pretty much my whole life. And I've always said, February. I, I love Nashville, except for the month of February. <laughs> and so try to get as many trips or go out of town as much as you can in yeah. that month. And I, I really never have taken advantage of that. But we did. And it was we went to Key West. Mm-hmm, which is about as south as you can possibly go in the U.S. Yep. And what was great about Key West is neither one of us had ever been there. So I've traveled a lot. Jordan hasn't traveled hardly any. And so... <sighs> I've traveled. You have some, but when usually we get somewhere, I'm always like, oh, I remember when I was here, why I did this and did that. And you're always kind of like rolling your eyes. But so it was fun <laughs> to go somewhere. Neither one of us had been, so we were, everything's brand new. We're exploring it together. Yeah, that was fun. We we had a lot of fun. We, I mean, it was so spontaneous. We truly, we got off the plane. We're like, okay, here we are. Yeah, we have no we, idea what, what to now? do. No, we're Googling, the whole time we're Googling like things oh, yeah. to do in Key West. But um, it was short. Like it was... I guess like only really three days. Monday to Friday, but we traveled Monday and traveled Friday. So yeah, we really only had three days on the ground. But I'm not complaining. No, heck no. I you don't really disconnect after that amount of time, but it is Yeah. What's your what do you think is the ideal like length of a vacation? I have never been on a vacation longer than a week. Um but I, I feel like at the end of every one of those weeks, it's like you're not quite ready to go. Uh, but I think two weeks would be too much, unless you're like over abroad somewhere where you yeah. like traveling there is crazy. So I'd probably say like a week and a half. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I had a mentor years ago who told me, Pete, if you can take a 10-day vacation, you should. Because he said you spend like the first two, two and a half days just trying to disconnect, trying to not check your email. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know, not engage with work. And then you spend like your last two days worrying about, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to to go go back. back. Yeah, that's true. And so he was like, on a week-long vacation, you're really going to get like three days that you're completely disconnected and rested. Yeah. And so if you can do 10, and I know a lot of people just can't do that. I haven't done that in six or seven years, but I... It's true. It, it is awesome if you can do it. Yeah, I'm sure. We haven't, we've never done that together. The longest we've probably done is a week when yeah. we took the boys somewhere. But when it's just you and I, we do like lots of little ones, which I like because throughout the year you kind of have lots more little pockets of rest. Yeah. And we love our week long vacations with the boys, but those, th- th- that's not as so much a vacation. <laughs> yeah. It's that's fun. management. Yeah, it's no. fun, but it's not so much a vacation. No, it was but, good. Yeah. So anyway, dealing with that. Okay. what we're talking about today. And uh, man, I'm really excited about this one because I, I hope it's going to set some of you free from a weight that you've been carrying around that you really ne- never needed to carry around. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as you listen to this today, there, you might, there might be a name or two that pop into your mind of somebody that you know of that maybe you need to share this with. Yeah, go and do um, something. Yeah. And I, I just want to start with a couple questions and, and these questions are for everybody, but I'm going to ask them to you, Jordan, if that's okay, okay. just to kind of set this up. Have, have you ever, like, prayed, but you felt like you never got an answer? 
Yes. Okay. Have you um, have you ever prayed, but secretly inside, like if you were really honest, you didn't actually think anything was going to like change as yes. a result of your prayer? Mm-hmm. Have you ever like been so full of doubt, so full of just like discouragement, uh, just so overwhelmed that you didn't even bother to pray at all? Yeah, probably because I was trying to control it myself. Yeah. I would say yes to all three of those questions as well. Like, I think most people, if they're honest, would. And uh, I want to talk a little bit today about faith and doubt. And I I think some of you will be pretty surprised with where I land when it comes to what I think about doubt. Uh, And so I just really want to encourage you to kind of like... Just listen through this because I think I, I think there's some aspects of this will be helpful. And I, I know I get it. Like we all come from different backgrounds, and some of you um, maybe don't have any kind of faith background at all. And you're not you don't really listen to this podcast for spirituality purposes. You just like to hear these two bozos talk about random stuff. But um, and that's okay. Like we're so glad you're listening. Yeah. Um, and I know some of you think differently about who Jesus was or what the Bible is, and so. But regardless of what background you come from, faith or what you feel like is not faith at all, I think there's some things uh, in the story I want to look at that happens to come out of the Bible that are so beneficial for all of us. Mm-hmm. And there's this story, it's in Mark chapter 9, it's this little story about a dad who has a son and he brings his son to Jesus to see if Jesus could heal him. Yeah. And it's a cool little story. I just want to read just a little portion of it. It's, it's uh, Mark chapter 9. This is, uh, this is after the father has already brought the son to Jesus. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And I love, I love like just the honesty of this dad. And if you think, if you step back from the story, you know, you, you've got a father who has a son and probably like any dad, like any mom, he's got dreams for his kid, right? Mm-hmm. And he dreams that one day his son's going to grow up and have friends. And one day his son's going to grow up and learn a skill, like the same skill he has so that they can work together. And one day maybe his son's going to get married. And one day his son's going to have kids and he's going to be a great... He has all these dreams for his kid. And then his son falls very ill, like demon-possessed. His life is literally at risk from moment to moment. And he realizes none of those dreams are going to come true. His his son is mocked by the other kids. He doesn't have any friends. His son's never going to be able to work. His son's never going to live a life, a normal life, like he thought and hoped that his son would. Like, and so what I know about this father, this is a father who knew about prayer. I promise you, any parent knows this. If your kid's sick, if your kid's in danger, like even if you're not a praying, believing person, that's when you pray. Like that's when you feel most desperate. And so I just imagine like every night he's he's praying, you know, for God to heal his son. And every morning he goes to check on his son and nothing has happened, nothing. And I'm sure his prayers are passionate. Their prayers like, God, do you know what's going on? God, do you see what's happening with my son? God, can you hear me? God, do you even care what's happening here? And every morning, again, he checks and nothing's happening. And I guarantee you, every time he heard about some new guru that was traveling through town, some self-proclaimed miracle worker was there, I promise you, he showed up with his son, once again, hoping that something would change. Mm -hmm. And nothing. 
And then he hears about Jesus, and he hears about there's something special, something unique about Jesus, right? And so once again, he allows himself to get his hope up, and he there he is, finally standing before Jesus. And I think it's interesting to note, like, what is it that gets him into the presence of Jesus? A need. Like, a need. Yeah. Yeah, like most of us. It's, it's, it's his need. It's his crisis. It's a lack it, of control. Lack of control. It's, it's what he would probably, at this point in his life, call his biggest setback, mm-hmm. right? And, and often what we see as a setback in our life is actually a set up. Right, it is like you've heard me say this so many times. Obstacles don't block the path; they are the path. Mm-hmm. Right, they are. They're the path. They're 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 helping lead us and direct us to where we need to go. It's all about perspective, right? And so, this wasn't a setback. This is actually a set up. This is what brings him exactly where he needs to be in his life. And so, just think about this in your own life: your crisis, your hurt, your pain—that area of your life that feels like it's falling apart. Maybe it's not an obstacle. Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's leading you exactly where you need to be. It did for this guy. Mm-hmm. And here he is. He's standing in front of Jesus. And so he just lets this honest prayer flow, right? He's like, if, like, if, if you can do anything, like, help us out. And Jesus, you know, like, picks up on the if you can do anything part, right? He's like, mm-hmm. if you can do anything, like, Jesus, like, everything is possible. To which I'm sure the Father, like, his hope goes up again. But then Jesus follows it up with, for him who believes. And the father's like, yeah, that's, that's my problem. I don't know if I do believe. I, I, don't, I don't actually know if you can do this. Like, and and these, this, these words he says, he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He's like, I believe, but I also doubt. Right? Like, I want, but I also have fear. And it's like his faith is just this tower of jello. It's mm-hmm. not strong at all. But he takes this one small step, right? This one small step towards Jesus. And I think sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life, right? That one small step in the right direction can be the biggest step of your life. And so tiptoe if you must, but take the step. And the father takes the step. And I, and I, I love that. Like, he, he doesn't know. He's not sure. But he takes a little step. Mm-hmm. And then the story goes, Jesus walks up to the man's son and he heals him. And we're kind of left with this question of, okay, so, so how much faith is enough? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what does God require in the belief department? And it's kind of a simple thing, really. You just have to have enough faith to ask. That's all the father does in the story, right? He just asks. He's not certain, not even close to certain. And I, I, this, this is so encouraging to me, Jordan, because I think so many people, including myself, and you do the same thing, we beat ourselves up. We're like, I worry too much. I doubt too much. I waver too much. I don't have a strong enough faith. But you know what? You have enough faith if you have just enough faith to say, hey, Jesus, if you can do anything, like, if you just have enough faith to come to God and say, hey, I need help. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that you probably, it's possible you've never heard a pastor say this before. I think, Jordan, I think doubt gets a bad rap. Um, I, I do. I don't think doubt is really that bad of a thing. I know we've probably been taught if you grew up in church your whole life, don't doubt, right? It's, it, all we hear about is faith, 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 faith. 
I don't think doubt is such a bad thing, really. I, I think doubt is usually a passageway to something that's deeper and greater. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll go as far as saying I don't think you can grow without having some doubt. Yep. People of great faith often suffer bouts of great doubt because they continue to grow. So you show me somebody who doesn't have any doubts at all, and I'll show you somebody that's stuck and probably not growing at all. Yep, I agree. You can't grow if you don't ask questions. If you don't have, if you're not asking questions and you don't have doubt, then you're not actually digesting what you're hearing. That's right. Like, you're, you're on autopilot. Yeah, we're not. Like this stuff is so hard. It's if you are really just kind of operating in that stagnation. There's just I, I don't know. There's just no. I've never met anybody that has no doubts at all. That yeah. is also just super um, deep in their faith. Yeah, I agree. I mean. The father in this story has some doubt because first he had some faith, right? Mm-hmm. He had to have enough faith to get him there right, in front of Jesus questions. in the first place, yeah. right? To ask the question. And yeah, he still got some doubt, but he, but he also had faith. He had enough faith to get him there. He had the doubt because he first had the faith. I'll tell you another example of this, if you need another example from the Bible, is... Uh, Remember Peter? Peter's one of Jesus' disciples. He's on the boat. There's that storm. He sees Jesus calling him to you know, step out and walk on the water. And he gets out. He takes a few steps on the water. And then he starts noticing the storm, right? And he sinks. And if you grew up in church like I did, most people told that story. And they told, told it from the perspective of, hey, the point of this story is don't take your eyes off Jesus. If you look at the storm and the difficulties, you're going to sink, which, yeah, sure, I mean, that, that is a part of the story, but I think it's much bigger than that. I, I think, did Peter have some doubt when he was out there on the water? Sure, he's walking <laughs> on water, of course, right? He has the doubt because he first had enough faith to get out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, of course, right? So we come back to this idea, like, how much faith is enough? I don't know if I have a good answer to that, but what I would say, looking at this story and others, it's just you have to have enough faith to be authentic with Jesus. Like, just be real. Because here's what's amazing. This is one of the things that attracts me to the person of Jesus. Jesus prefers honesty over certainty. And I love that about him. You don't have to be sure. Mm-hmm. You just have to be real. So practically speaking, I'm going to speak up for the peanut gallery and okay. that, I might take us off the rails here, but say you're a person and, you know, maybe you're struggling with fertility yep. or maybe, you know, you just found out your mom has cancer or maybe your relationship with your son is spiraling and it's out of your control and you have doubts that it'll ever be in repair. Mm-hmm. Like tangibly practically what does it look like like what is that step forward even if it's a tiptoe what does that look like yeah i know it's different for everybody but exactly yeah i think it looks different for everybody i want to say that on the front end because um i think all of us approach faith differently and in different ways but i would say for that person the first thing is just not giving up hope or don't allow your days of doubt and despair to make you begin to think that you're not a person of faith. It's okay to have doubts. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to wrestle with the pain, right? Like, I think all of that, I think doubt and the questions leads us to a greater faith. Yeah. And so don't beat yourself up over that. Of course, of course you have doubts right now. 
Of course you're discouraged right now. Of course you're struggling with the pain and it feels over. Of course. Like, that's okay, right? Um, Don't beat yourself up. How much faith does it take? Just enough faith to, like, just keep hoping. Mm -hmm. To keep just saying, hey, Jesus, if, if, if you can do anything, help me. Like, I feel like that's enough. Yeah. I think the name of the game is um, we we love to focus on outcomes. The problem with that for all of us is we don't control outcomes. We don't. We we can control decisions, but we don't get to control the outcomes. So you have to make authentic decisions and then be willing to surrender the outcome. And so, um, you know, I think for me, I, I'll tell you an example of this. I've used this example before. In fact, I used it recently when I was teaching on this particular topic is on stage I set up a large blown up like painting like I used a Mona Lisa last time Mm -hmm. and uh there's this large blown up picture of Mona Lisa on stage and it's a puzzle Mm -hmm. the picture's made up of puzzle pieces and there's a large piece of the puzzle that's missing and I ask everybody in the crowd hey do you know what that that painting is and everybody's like of course yes Simona Lisa. I'm like, it's interesting. You know what that is, yeah. Even though there's a there's a piece Huge missing, chunk right? missing, yeah. But I say you know what that is because you step back and you have perspective. If you got really close, and this is, I literally will walk right up to the painting and put my face like right where the missing piece is. I'm like standing where I'm standing in front of the missing piece. If I'm looking at the missing piece, I can't tell you anything about this painting. I have no idea what it is. There's something about us as human beings that are drawn towards focusing on the missing piece. Yeah. We want to know what, when, where, why. Like it drives most of us insane. It's like we want to know, like, what's it going to look like at the end? When is this going to happen? Where is this going to take place? Who is going to do this with me? Right? Like, you know, we, we want all the questions answered. And so we tend to get so focused on the missing piece that we can't see the the larger picture yeah and so what i always encourage people is like hey i know you got some missing pieces in your life but let's focus on what you know so let me do this with you can i didn't ask your permission for this (laughs) sure but uh, i this just kind of makes sense to do this i know for you right now in your life you have some anxiety over having a baby Mm mm-hmm it's the first time you've ever been through this, right? Yeah. You're like every day you're you got a hundred questions. Like you just do. You're constantly asking questions. You throw out scenarios to me all the time. Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Like, so I know, like, and again, rightfully so, you have some real fear kind of going into this, uh, about what's gonna happen and you know, what what if something happens to the baby and what if I accidentally drink something or eat something that's gonna hurt the baby and can I do this? And is this going to completely change my life? Yes, it is. Um, like, you know, what is my career going to look like on the other side of this? Like, do you, is it fair to say right now in your life, when you look at the big picture, there's some missing pieces? Of course, yeah. And when you focus on the missing pieces, what does that feel like to you? I feel out of control and scared. Even though, like for me, those missing pieces are are, are still like pointing to a beautiful thing, but... Yeah, the uncertainty for me is really scary. Yeah. And you tend to like spin off worst case scenarios. <laughs> Are you speaking no, for I'm, me? No, I'm asking. I'm asking questions. No, yeah, of course I yeah, I I think I do. I've yeah, with especially with something I've never gone through before. It's like you just it's almost like you you're doing it to protect yourself, to protect your heart. Yep. 
And I, again, I think everybody can identify with you right now, Jordan, because everybody has a scenario in their life where there's some missing pieces. And maybe it's in their marriage. Maybe it's in their health. Maybe it has to do with their kids. Maybe it has to do with their career or their finances, but there's some missing pieces. And the temptation is to focus on the missing piece. And when you do that, it almost always throws you like into turmoil because, again, you're trying to control something that you actually can't control. Mm -hmm. So to regain a little bit of your balance, a little bit of your control, what you have to do is focus on what you do know. And for you right now, there's some missing pieces, but there's also some things that you know. Like, there's some really important things you know. Like, you know that you are loved. First of all, you're loved by, like, some incredible people in your life. You have an incredible family around you. You know that you're loved by God. You know that God has a plan for your life. You know that you've survived 100% of your worst days. Mm-hmm. Right? Every single one of them, right? And so, uh, you know that you're pregnant now. And that's something that you wanted and you prayed for. So, there's a whole lot that you do know. And sure, there are going to be times and moments and days, seasons, you're going to focus on the missing piece. But to get that bearing back, it all comes back to, okay, let's, let's get perspective here. And let's not dwell on what we don't know, the who, the what, the when, the where, the why. Let's focus on what we do know. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, how does that feel to you? Uh, it feels like a release. It feels like there's an opportunity for peace and... Um, yeah, I think as as human beings, we want to control everything. And it's very, very hard to like get 30,000 feet, like you're saying, like taking back from the perspective, like looking at the Mona Lisa as a whole and not the missing piece. Um, but when you do and when you can, yeah, it's just like this, a little bit of a freedom. It's obviously a little bit, you know, barred by knowing that there's still things out there, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you succumb to that and you surrender to the lack of control, yeah, it's peaceful. It's yeah. just kind of a relief. Yep. And that's what, that's what I, I hope again, if you don't get anything else out of this, first of all, I hope what you get is don't beat yourself up over doubt. Like yeah. it's part of the journey and it's part of what propels us towards growth. In fact, I'm more concerned about those of you who don't have doubts and don't have questions, right? Of course you have doubts. You have some doubts because you also have some faith. It's okay. Like, just let it continue to propel you forward. And the second thing I would encourage you to do is, yep, there's some missing pieces. Of course there is. And uh, I would say to you, um, don't get caught up in dwelling on those missing pieces 24-7, but allow yourself to pull back and focus on, okay, what do I know? What do I know is true? What do I know is reality? And to the degree that you can sprinkle that in amidst your temptations of looking at the missing piece, you're going to find some peace in your life. That's really good. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, I, I really hope that because I think there's some people out there right now that are just beating themselves up. They don't feel like, they don't feel like they're a good Christian. They don't feel like they're a good person. And God's done so much for them. So why do they doubt? No, no, it's okay. It's all part of it. He can handle the doubt. He can handle the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be honest about it. Yeah. And we've all been there a hundred yep. times over. Yeah, we have. So anyway, I hope that that's, uh, hope that's really helpful to really people. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you said at the beginning, uh, we all have people in our lives that are going through things um, to different extremes, obviously, but if you know of somebody who is going through something like this that would benefit from that, please share this with them. Um, I know in times of doubt when I was going through things like that, 
um, just having a community around me of people that made me feel seen and known um, was really helpful. So hopefully this helps you kind of equip them and resource them. Yep, absolutely. And until we talk to you again, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace.